Well, it's great to be with you. Ooh, that's loud. Here on this holiday weekend, um, this is a, a momentous day. We are transitioning back to one service. This is the first Sunday of that. I've mentioned several times that uh, we know that there's going to be some issues in moving back to one service, some which we've anticipated, some which we haven't. We'll work with those as we go through. Um, I also want to tell you that one of the things that I didn't anticipate personally was the fact that the elders were going to come to me a few weeks ago and say, Walter, we've been thinking. For a long time, you've been preaching two Sundays, two sermons a Sunday, and you've been paid a certain amount of money, and now you're only going to be preaching once. And so it makes sense that we pay you half as much as we were paying you before. Needless to say, I was kind of taken aback by that. I didn't really expect it. Um, so there's been meetings going on, attorneys and agents and all kinds of people trying to figure out how we're going to make this work. And I'm happy to report that at midnight last night, we finally reached a compromise. Everything's been settled. Um, I am still only going to preach once on a Sunday. I'm going to be paid the same amount of money, but they're expecting me to preach twice as long to pay to make my... So. Um, so settle in, get comfortable. We're going to spend some time together this Sunday and Sundays to come. In the church, you always have to give a disclaimer after you tell a story like that. It's not true. Nothing about that's true. Don't want anybody saying that the elders did that and all that kind of stuff. It's just a preacher story. So there you go. Um, I also want to give a quick Project 9K update. Project 9K is our Bible reading challenge here at Netherwood Park Church of Christ. We've challenged ourselves to read at least 9,000 books of the Bible in 2017. And to date, we have read 2,145 books of the Bible. So the the books are being read. uh, The results are being reported. We're continuing to work our way to 9,000. So keep up the good work. Keep reading in your Bibles. Keep reporting those results. Keep looking forward to the day when we will be able to celebrate together having read 9,000 books of the Bible in 2017. So last week we began a short two-sermon series, you might call it a mini-series, out of the book of 1 John. And last week we looked at what it means to, to walk in the light. And today we're going to finish that mini-series by talking about what it means to be filled with love. So as we get ready to talk about being filled with love, let's turn to the source of love. Let's pray to God. Father, you are love. And Father, you have loved us so richly and deeply. Father, you tell us that you love us, but more importantly, Father, you have shown us that you love us. You sent your son and he died for us. He is our atoning sacrifice. So, Father, that we can stand before you cleansed and purified with confidence that we will be called into your eternal light. And thank you, Father, for Jesus, who is that light. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, if you were here last week, you know that we went through 11 conditional statements out of the book of 1 John. 11 if-then statements that John makes in the first two chapters of 1 John when he's talking about walking in the light. And the last of those 11 conditional statements went like this. John says, If we love our brothers and sisters, 
then we are walking in the light. We are living and walking in God's light and nothing can make us stumble. If we love our brothers and sisters, then we are walking in God's light. And we want to be in God's light, don't we? We want to walk in God's light. We want to live in God's light. We want to one day be welcomed into God's eternal light. I know that's true about us because we're here together today. But we also want assurance. We also want confidence. We want to know that we are, in fact, walking in God's light. We want to know that we're walking in the light so that we can also know that one day God will welcome us into his eternal light. And so in the book of 1 John, John gives us good news. 1 John is full of assurance. It's full of confidence. It provides us great confidence because it tells us that we can know and how we can know that we are walking in God's light. But John's good news and John's assurance and John's confidence, they're not unconditional. See, instead of unconditional assurance and unconditional confidence, John tells us that we can have assurance and we can have confidence that we are walking in God's light and will be welcomed into God's light if, if, We obey God's commandments. And that little word, if, has caused big problems for God's people over the centuries. And the big problem with the little word, if, the one that Jesus encountered, the problem with the little word, if, is that during his time on earth, there was a big problem because because that little word, if, had led to legalism. And we fight that same issue today, don't we? Because God's love, because God's salvation is conditional, we have to fight our tendency into legalism. The fact that you can be confident and assured if you obey God's commandments has often led God's people to put their focus on those commandments instead of putting their focus on God. So when Jesus was asked about the greatest commandment in God's law, he shifted the focus back where it's always belonged. He shifted the focus back to God and on God's love for us and on our love for him and on our love for each other. See, Jesus is telling us that we obey because we are loved. And Jesus is telling us that we love others because we are loved by God. And Jesus is telling us that we obey God by loving each other. Matthew records Jesus' response to being asked about the greatest commandment this way. It's in Matthew 22, verse 37. In response to the question, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two 
commandments. All of the law. All of the prophets. All of God's commandments hang on love. Love God with your entirety. Love God with everything that makes you, you. And love others like you love yourself. And since all of the law and all of the prophets hang on those two commands, it makes sense that we'd really want to know what this kind of obedient love is all about. And fortunately for us, that's exactly where John turns his attention in 1 John chapters 3 and 4. Listen as John tells us about obedient love. I'll start reading in 1 John chapter 3, verse 11. He writes, this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Don't be surprised, my brothers, if the the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongues but with actions and in truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence whenever our hearts condemn us. For our God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. And those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. And this is how we know he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Then moving ahead to John chapter 4 and verse 7, John continues. He says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior 
of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are like him. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. It's a lot of love, isn't it? John covers a lot of ground. He presents a bunch of important points for people like us, people who want to walk in the light and who want to know that they are walking in the light. John tells us a lot about obedient love. So let's break down what John tells us about obedient love. Just what does it mean to be filled with obedient love? And the first thing that we need to understand is just what kind of love that John is talking about. We live in a love-saturated world, don't we? Or at least if you listen to us, you would think that we live in a love-saturated world. To hear his talk, you would think that the world is filled with love like it's never been filled with love before. We love hamburgers and french fries. We love green chili and sopapillas. We love each other's shoes and purses and new hairstyles. We love that new song and we love the Guardians of the Galaxy movie and we love to do Netflix binge watching. We love our cars, we love our appliances, we even love our furniture. We love, love, love. Or at least we say we do. But when John talks about love, it has nothing to do with what we say. It has everything to do with what we do. John says we don't love with our words, with our tongue. We don't love by going around saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. We love with our actions. This kind of love has everything to do with how we act towards each other and what we do to each other and what we do for each other. And this kind of love also reveals what kind of love we have for our Father. In fact, John tells us that our love for our God is best seen in our loving actions toward our brothers and toward our sisters. Let that sink in for a moment. Our love for God is best seen in how we love each other. Our love for God is best expressed by our love for each other. See, John tells us that obedient love, obedient love of the Father is all about our active love for each other. And that love is to be unconditional. 
our love for each other must be unconditional in this way. See, John tells us that our love for each other is not a response. It's not a response to each other. I don't love you because I'm responding to something that you did for me. Or responding to something that I think you might do for me. And you don't love me because you're responding to something that I did for you. Or responding to something you think I might do for you. I don't love you because you first loved me. And you don't love me because I first loved you. See, for God's children, loving each other is a commandment. And John says that commandment has been with us from the very beginning. When he says from the very beginning, he's talking about the beginning beginning. Since the garden beginning, since Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel beginning. See, God's children love each other because God expects it and he demands it and he commands that we love each other. So we love each other because it pleases our God. It pleases our Father. How many people in here are parents? We understand this as parents, don't we? Doesn't it fill your heart with joy when your children love each other? When they do loving things for each other and loving things to each other, it fills our heart with joy. Doesn't it just break your heart when your children act hatefully toward each other? You see, in the same way, our loving actions toward each other fills our Father's heart with joy. And our hateful actions towards each other breaks his heart. So John says, whoever loves God must love his brothers and sisters. So loving each other is not a response to what we have done for each other. But it is a response. See, our love for each other is in response to what our loving God has done for us. John makes the case for responding to God's love by loving each other this way. First, John says he, we should look for love. We should look to love each other actively because of the actions that Jesus has taken for us. John says since Jesus laid down his life for us, then we should lay down our lives for each other. Since Jesus didn't wait for us to be lovable before he was willing to lay down his life for us, we shouldn't wait for each other, for our brothers and sisters to be lovable before we lay down our lives for them. We aren't responding to each other's love, and we aren't responding to each other's lovability. No, we love each other because we're responding to God's love for us and God's love for our brothers and sisters. And apparently that's a point that can't be emphasized enough because John returns to that point again and again and again in 1 John. He tells us that we love each other because love comes from God. And then he says that since God loved us, then we should love each other. And then finally he writes, 
We love, not because others are lovable and not because we're responding to their love. We love because God first loved us. We love each other in response to God's love for us. We love because he loves. And we love regardless We love because of God's loving actions for us. He gave us his son. He gave us his grace. He gave us his mercy. He gave us hope in the middle of our hopelessness. God loved us before we acted lovingly toward him. So we're called to love each other regardless of each other's actions for us or actions against us to use the language from our recent marriage class, our love for our brothers and sisters is our responsibility. We respond to God's love with love for each other, regardless of the other's actions. So I love you in response to God's love for me. Even when you aren't very loving, even when you aren't very lovable, And you love me in response to God's love for you. Even when I'm not very loving. Even when I'm not very lovable. And when we love each other like that, then we're loving like God loves. John goes so far as to say, then we are like God And when we start loving like God loves, interesting things begin to happen all around us. Because that kind of love spreads and that kind of love changes and that kind of love transforms other people. See, when we love each other without conditions, when we love others just because God loves them and just because God loves us, then others begin to learn to love See, other people respond to that kind of love. So they learn to love because we first love them. And because that kind of love comes from God, then others learn to love God because God's children first loved them. See, if we want others to come to know God, then we show them God. And we show them God by loving them like God loves. We love because God first loved us. And we love first because God first loved us. That's what a love-filled life looks like. That's what walking in the light looks like. That's what laying down our lives for our brothers and sisters looks like. And that's good news. A few minutes ago I said the book of 1 John is full of good news. That it's full of assurance. That it provides us with great confidence. It tells us how we can know. We can know that we are walking in God's light. And I also said we can have assurance We can have confidence that we're walking in God's light. And we can have assurance and confidence that we will be welcomed into God's eternal light if 
if we obey God's commandments. And as John tells us, God's commandment is that we love God with every fiber of our being and that we love each other. And he tells us if we love each other, then we can know that we are in the light. John tells us that today, today we can be confident in our love. That today we can find assurance in our love for each other. So if you're here today and you could use some confidence, if you could use some assurance, I want you to just listen as John tells us six things that we can know. That we can know that our active love for each other will bring from our God. Number one, John tells us that if we will love our brothers and sisters, then we can know that we have passed from death to life. We can know we have passed from death to life. And number two, John tells us that if we love our brothers and sisters, then we can be confident that we live in God and that God lives in us. Confident that we live in God and confident that God lives in us. And number three, John tells us that if we love our brothers and sisters, then we can be assured that we are born of God and that we know God. Assurance that we're born of God and that we know God. And number four, John tells us that if we love our brothers and sisters, then we can be certain that we know complete love. Love that comes from God and is completed by being returned to God when we love each other. We can be certain we know complete love. And number five, John tells us that if we love our brothers and sisters, then we can have confidence on the day of judgment because we are like God. Confidence on the day of judgment because we are like God. Confident on the day of judgment because we have loved others like God has loved us. And number six, John tells us, if we love our brothers and sisters, then we can know no fear. Know no fear. I like the sound of that, don't you? I like being able to live with no fear. See, John says there's no fear in love. John says that perfect love, completed love, love that comes from the Father and then is shown to each other, drives out fear. Because fear is all about punishment. John tells us that there is no punishment, there is no condemnation for those who love like God loves. Paul expressed a similar thought in Romans chapter 8 when he said, For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, when we love each other like God loves us, it drives out fear. 
fear of death, fear of this life, fear of the present and fear of the future, fear of being separated from God, separated from his love. And love drives out fear because love brings confidence and assurance that we are walking in God's light. And confidence that we'll be welcomed into God's eternal light. When our hearts are filled with God's love, there's no room in our hearts for fear. So let's fill our hearts with love instead of fear. Let's fill ourselves with love instead of fear. Let's fill our hearts with love instead of fear. Because fearful people spread fear. They spread fear because their fear comes out of what's stored in their hearts. But good people, good people bring good out of the good that's stored up in their hearts. And loving people bring loving things out of the love that's stored in their hearts. So I want to end by encouraging us. I want to end by challenging us to respond to God's love by loving each other and also by doing all of those things that fill our hearts with his goodness. All of the things that he has given us that fill our hearts with his love so that the overflow of our hearts will bring goodness and will bring love for each other. So what has God given us to fill our hearts with goodness and love? Well, he's given us his word. So let's fill our hearts with love and goodness by being devoted to God's word. Because it's in God's word that we discover our place in life. And God has given us worship. So let's fill our hearts with worship. Because when we worship God, that's when we lay down self and we lift up God. And God has given us communion. So let's fill our hearts by gathering around the table to truly commune with God and truly commune with each other. Because when we're at the table, we remember Jesus. We remember the one who laid down his life. Like we're called to lay down our lives. And God has given us prayer. So let's fill our hearts through constant prayer. Because it's in prayer that we connect in conversation to the source of all love. And the source of all life. And let's fill our hearts with confession. Because when we confess, then we lay bare our hearts and we lay bare our lives before him. And we open our hearts to him. And let's fill our hearts with love and goodness through service. Because when we serve each other, then we are laying down our lives for others. And finally, let's fill our hearts with love and goodness through fellowship with each other. Because when we're joined together in loving fellowship, then we're living life together 
in him. We're living life together with our hearts joined together in him. Let's pray together. Father, as we close this time together, my prayer is simple. Father, fill our hearts with your love. Fill our hearts with your love so that we will be able to love like you love. For Father, you are love. And it's in the name of your Son, Jesus, who is the Christ, we pray. Amen. Brothers and sisters, let's fill our hearts with love. Let's love like God loved. Let's love because God first loved us. Let's be filled with the love that lifts us up out of fear. Let's stand now and let's sing about the love that lifts us up out of fear. Sing, Lord, like a shepherd.